welcome everyone to a season two premiere of Fandoms, Culture, and Perhaps a Few Murders, where we discuss exactly that, Fandoms, Culture, and Perhaps a Few Murders. It's been a while. I'm joined, as always, by Feline. Hello. And Alpha. Hey, y'all. Today's subject is the fetishization, if I'm saying that correctly, of serial killers and murderers that raises questions of ethics. Why does the media seemingly glorify these horrible situations? Why everyone is so fascinated by the most awful of crimes? Why are we so keen to immortalize these crimes forever? Netflix is being accused of treating serial killers like Avengers in an article I saw not too long ago after announcing that their monster series will return for even more seasons spotlighting other serial killers. Their Dahmer series was a big success for them as it was the second most watched English video series after Stranger Things. So it seems that people don't want to look, but they also can't look away. And so it begs the question of the idea of a true crime industrial complex. What are your thoughts? Can I say real quick, I'm going to tell you, it, we're indoctrinated into the violence. We are told when we're little, regardless of what religion you go to or anything like that, you're taught that violence is in our history. The Inquisition, the the Crusades, all like taught, you know, like uh, there's a lot of shit taught in the Bible. It's very violent. A lot of our history is violence. And of course we're looking at it. We have paintings that show nothing but violence. And those are like, we can't look away from it. It's in us. We are animals in nature and we choose violence at times. We, we have enough of a conscious and an opposable thumb to know what's good and what's bad. But it doesn't mean we don't love watching it. It's in us from the past. It's in our blood. It's in our souls. Why do we describe it as love or using words that are synonymous with that for the morbid curiosity outside of that notwithstanding there's lots of shows out there cold case files forensic files hbo's uh back in the day autopsy series uh was it a and e's the first 48 i'm gonna say right now every female from at least who was born at least from the 80s and forward has had a point in their time where they've gone morbid and went like goth or went Wiccan or just went like some sort of way that had you looking at morbid stuff. There wasn't websites called Faces of Death that were popular for no reason. Everybody had that morbid streak and that's teen angst looking to get out and the only way to do it, especially when you feel at time as the world is coming at you, is to, to, to look at violent videos or to look at autopsy photos and stuff like that. Some people will be like, oh, I would never. But I know a ton of people who have. And grown-ass 30, 40-year-olds like, yeah, I remember going there. It wasn't the proudest moment, but you know what I'm saying? They sat there and looked at crime scene photos. It's, it's a way to let out darkness. And everybody has a little bit of darkness. And that's what I... It's crime, massacres, um, cults. There's a, there's a very large demographic of women in a certain age range that love watching that stuff. And a lot of it is like repressed anger and stuff like, oh, if I was that person, I absolutely would do it. And now that we've watched so many shows to see how people have gotten caught, you've gotten better at learning how not to get bopped either. <laughs> I would say, to quote lyrics from a Tool song, 
vicariously I live while the whole world dies. And that song specifically, if you anyone's ever heard it, is talking about watching tragedy on the news and people thriving off of it. Whether it's some morbid curiosity thing, I feel like to a degree, people unfortunately like to see that other people are doing worse than them. And it's like, it's something to look at because I can't tell you how many times I've seen like a firefighter or police cars going by and I see people stop what they're doing in the middle of the street to pull out their phones and that shit usually gets on my nerves because it's like they're stopping for no reason and now I have to walk around them because they have nothing better to do in their lives but start recording something. But that's also part of the social media culture of like, I'm going to put this out and I'm going to make some money off a quick small thing, you know what I'm saying, or get a lot of views or something like that. And people are really focused on that, but that's what, that's 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 layered on there too, I think. Because if it's not something like that, posting someone else's tragedy for your own intention, then there's things like, like, I don't know if you've ever seen instances of it on the news or something, but in Heather's, it's a movie where a girl gets murdered but it's framed as suicide everyone wants to say oh i loved her she's my best friend and they're like using her tragedy as a spotlight for them there's a parallel there for the social media thing you mentioned earlier exactly and people do that all the time they'll take a tragedy that has nothing to do with them and try to use it as an outlet to bring themselves attention whether they're pretending to be grieving or being like upset about something that has nothing to do with them for the sake of attention mm. Also, though, to go back to the Dahmer thing in Netflix, fucked up, but kind of funny that while that Dahmer show was starting to, like, really take off on social media, comparing the fictional serial killer, mind you, Joe from the other popular show, You, to Dahmer, and they're, like, talking about, oh, they're both so hot, and, like, I like the show You, but I have the wherewithal to understand that's fiction and no one actually dies in that. Whereas Jeffrey Dahmer was real, and he did actually kill people. And there's people who are still alive who are related to those people. Right. That was part of the uh, article that I read talking about how Netflix seemed, as well as other media, not just them, whenever there's like, I don't know, specials, movies, TV series that are made about these very real-life atrocities that they're benefiting from American curiosity and not just in America, of course, everywhere seems to love reality TV. But you see all these tragedies, all these uh, events that the people who survived their loved ones, that they've lost them to these aforementioned crimes, that there seems to be no sensitivity to them. And it'd be one thing if you were, whether it be Netflix or a media conglomerate, like let's say Fox News or NBC or Dateline that wants to do a story on it which at least in some way dateline involves the people who knew the victims and were around the situation but i'm not aware of whatever their compensation is that they get if any at all but i'd say that it just seems insensitive i mean it definitely is for those who lived those situations and those who lost people who like forever left a like a legitimate hole for them emotionally there's nothing that they've reached out to, at least that we're aware of, that makes this any easier to swallow. Because I would say with the glorification of serial killers, it's and especially with all of the YouTube channels or anyone who has a true crime medium, 
that it's like constantly poking a wound over and over again even if like time has passed and it's started to heal it's always getting poked at and they'll probably never really escape from it because it's such a popular discussion topic and for the record i would like to go out there and say not to call him popular quite in that sense but for the people who seem to find ted bundy to be popular he wasn't shit he was just another like middle-aged white guy who decided he should kill women because he thinks he can and to be honest, I watch some true crime stuff, but I can't tell you how many times I've been bored or rolled my eyes so hard at the same exact narrative playing out every single time, where it's just, again, a middle-aged white guy deciding, usually, that he can just kill a woman for any reason he feels, and constantly having police who are supposed to uphold the law and protect women and protect anybody from any kind of crime like that, constantly failing to do their jobs by either letting them go repeatedly or ignoring concerning details that should pretty much tell you, hmm, this person isn't right, you know? And then letting them continue to kill because though I haven't watched the Dahmer thing, I know of Dahmer's case, of course, and how there was literally two women who tried to inform police that like, hey, there's this kid who escaped Dahmer's grasp, surprisingly, luckily, only for them, the police, to turn him back over to him because they didn't really want to be involved, even though this boy had a hole in his head. Shoddy police work in these situations that turn out to be like a chain of murders or an assault plays out way too often. It doesn't make any sense ever. There are countless situations where people are, are done wrong by the police, and it's always um, counter shown that and made them made it look like they're more reliable than they really are the police by tv shows like dragnet and law and order um, just all amplify crime rates as being far more successful than what they really are somebody did a, t a statistic on um, all of the individual characters success rates based on the show when it's like in the 90 percentile which is like <laughs> almost impossible and like them doing that makes people believe the police are more effective than they are so when shit like this happens people are always fucking shocked they're like holy fuck like why aren't you listening but there are tons tons of experiences both men and female men, women being failed by the police and it's it's horrible it's absolutely horrible but it, it, i feel like when it comes to like the serial killers and the sensationalization of them. It's TV. It's what people are looking for. People like drama and they're tired of the same old bullshit and people are like, there's a demographic that they're looking to cut into clearly and this is what they're interested in and I think it's more of about that than about anybody caring about the, the victims who were left over from these tragedies. Um, but I think there is some care in it because I think that's better than like having a ton of I don't I don't know on my end if there's like Sandy Hook like movies or anything like that cuz I they think that would be absolutely callous. Yeah. With how recent that I would that with how recent it is and with the trial and shit with homeboy all that. I think that would be super super disrespectful and super super fucked. But with something that's happened so long ago, the people that are dealing with it have already dealt with it for so long having a TV show coming out of it if their characters are involved maybe they can get some cash from it. You know, and, and like I feel like if somebody is going to do uh, a movie, Netflix is going to do a movie where it sensationalizes murderers 
um, but also highlights the victims. I think they should break a little something off for the victims. They're like, listen, we are doing this. It is probably going to be really shitty for you. Here's a little bit of break off. We don't have to do this. We're doing this out of the kindness of our heart because we're doing this anyway. We're completely able to do this without this. But we're trying to do it like a caring effort. Don't ask us for more because this is what it is. That would be something, but they, I don't believe that they do. They wouldn't, but I get that. I get I get what that is. It's just them giving away money. No fucking company, no big name company is going to be willing to do that shit just voluntarily. So, but like, in, it, in, again, in that case, it's like if it's far enough away, it's like, who's it really going to, like, it's going to benefit people who know about what happened and maybe it'll give them an insight. I don't think it's, I pe- think people get more mad about it because of the sensationalization about it, but they're also making it seem like it's like a brainwashing as well. Like, you, if you show it, then more people are going to be like that. They go, like, no, it's not the case. If somebody has those urges and can't control and that's their own personal choices, they're not like, going to see this, see how terrible the person is doing, see the reactions online from people who like, yeah, this is something I want to fucking do. If they were going to do that, they were going to do that anyway. Now, here's an argument I would make. Not, of course, because this is, would be something like, oh, violent video games causes actual violence, which, again, isn't true. One thing I would say, though, that I feel like would be an actual detrimental outcome is that because of things like that and because of the way social media is not including, like, violence or anything, but just in conjunction, the mindset that social media has influenced onto people and then watching things like that now you have people who if they see an actual act of violence happening before them instead of helping they stand off to the side and record because that's definitely been a thing that's constantly happening in like the past several years where you see videos coming out of people being assaulted by random strangers on the street and you see very few people actually trying to help and more people recording it some people are going to see this as you know it's good for evidence number one so i think discouraging everybody from it but i think there absolutely should be somebody there to just immediately 911 when clearly somebody else is or nearly everybody else is fucking going but when everybody's thinking personally about it then that's a problem. But I think almost in every case there's somebody calling police unless it's a street fight. Like two chicks fighting or two dudes fighting them. They're not going to fucking record nothing unless there's weapons involved. And even then, if it's a gun, people, motherfuckers is running. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There is one specific case, though. I can't remember anyone's names, but I do remember it being on the news because it was really a really fucked up story where there was a guy walking with his sister and he got stabbed in the middle of the street. And after his attacker ran off this girl his sister is holding him literally crying at people yelling at them please call the police please call help and they stood there recording her and her brother while he was bleeding out and i believe he ended up dying that's tragic and that was specifically what they were calling out like no one no one helped even after the threat was gone they just continued to record that is fucked up and I, th- I honestly, I, I want to think that that's an aberrant case, but like if I, I know for a fact, me as a person, would absolutely make sure to call. But it's in that case, you're absolutely right. It's horrid. It's absolutely horrid. People are originally, essentially meant to be good first. And it's like disappointing, I would say, like for people who enjoy true crime and stuff. At least when I've watched it, I feel like 
at the end of everything, I just have an overwhelming sense of disappointment in, again, the lack of protection from authorities or them not doing their jobs and stepping in sooner when they had every chance to. And it only gets worse because there's times where you know some people will do things like watch things or post things that are fucked up, like controversial things intentionally because when you were talking about Sandy Hook and talking about how fucked up a documentary would be, yes, it absolutely would be. But I do remember there was someone who had the bright idea of trying to turn it into a fucking game where you're playing as the assailant oh, and yeah. it got taken down so fast. But the fact that someone would even try to do it would definitely be like trying to grasp for attention and for controversy. Any press is good press kind of idea. Yeah, and those are the those are the internet trolls type shit. That was somebody who wanted to be the first one to be that asshole. He wanted to be the bad guy on the internet eating the apple, laughing as the fucking internet get mad and burn in flames and anger. They don't have the balls to do this shit in real life. Not that I would ever encourage anybody to do some shit like that. It's absolutely horrid. What I'm saying is, is that that's an absolutely horrid thing to do. That game, I'm glad it was taken down. But that person is terrible. That person tried to put it out there not too long after the event. It was still semi-fresh. But at some point, somebody is going to do something on Sandy Hook for entertainment. Whether it's a documentary or something. If it's a documentary, not in the vein of what Netflix has done with the Gacy uh, project that it did for the Dahmer show. But it's going to be brought up at some point for entertainment consumption. Whether it happens next year, five years, it's going to happen. Because look, it happened with Columbine. At the very least, second guessed because the victims were young children as opposed to other high schoolers. You know what I'm saying? But the precedent remains that there have been things made about Columbine after Columbine. So why would there not be conceivably one about Sandy Hook eventually? I mean, I would say, I would venture to say that maybe not a big budget thing or no. like a documentary style thing, but I would definitely say there's probably people out there who probably made jokes about it in the same way that 9-11's kind of been turned into jokes, even though that was also a tragedy. 9-11 eventually made it into movies, too, in different various forms, some fictional. And, you know, if that where, you know, American patriotism was at an all-time high at that point, even that got put into films and TV shows and made as part of storylines. So, you know, yeah, do you remember Family Guy did a thing where it was Lois trying to run for like mayor of the town or something like that against Peter? And she just said 9 11, and everybody was like, Yeah, woo, yeah. And she just random patriotic words, and everybody was shouting. But here's the thing, right? I can kind of understand how maybe the effect of that Family Guy was going for is that the concept is satire. Well, n never mind satire. I mean, just the idea that at least 9-11 as a tragedy was something that kind of brought the nation together, like, against a common enemy. Whereas these documentaries about serial killers or these videos that are out on whatever streaming platform, YouTube, 
there isn't like a rallying effect for that though people just watch it for gory details i say that there's a rallying point that does happen when it comes to serial killers and it will only be wherever they happen to be committing these crimes because yeah, localized, people yeah. tend to come out there and want to hold crime watches and things like that but it's very segmented to just those areas in which they roam it wouldn't be granted like you're saying to the scale of 9-11 where it's a nationwide thing unless it's a missing white girl <laughs> oh my god what was her name gabrielle gabby patillo yeah first off from day one no offense I'm like, she definitely is not okay. <laughs> I saw posts talking about it too, where they're saying like, there's so many times where like, the news would not shut up about her. And of course, if she was still alive, it would definitely be pressing to find her. But the amount of coverage they gave her when there's so many cases of other missing people of different nationalities or different ethnicities rather, that don't get that much coverage, not like the way the news is talking about her nonstop. It's interesting, the dichotomy, isn't it? When a white girl goes missing, then there is nationwide coverage on it. When a person of color happens to go down due to police brutality, that's the only time that they get that same type of attention. And if it's reported. Where I was going to say, it has to be recorded, though. And enough people have to get mad about it. That's the, There's a whole like a whole bunch of people trying to push that snowball downhill before that ball gets rolling. She, she was just starting out with her boyfriend doing the living in the van thing and trying to broadcast it out. They went out just headfirst with whatever cash they had left over on them, and they were going state to state just traveling and trying to do photos and shit. And if you don't think for one fucking second that if they weren't 100% prepared to do this, that they weren't getting on each other's fucking nerves most of the time, you're, you're delusional. So there was a whole setup just building of what would have happened if somebody would have killed someone or somebody would have left someone behind. And if they both invested in that car, it depends on whose name it was. And didn't he like leave? And then he it's show up fun. later separately on his own? No, he showed up by himself, returning home in her car. It was shake. Like, yeah, no. She had. Yeah, she was. She was like, I don't know. He pushed her ass off a fucking cliff. <laughs> he was absolutely he gone. Her car back now, in, alone. Now, in that case, it wouldn't be about who was driving who crazy. He had what looked like an attitude problem, anyway. Like there was just something off about him. And she was being emotional because clearly she was being, at the very least, verbally and or emotionally assaulted during this trip. Yeah, because they had footage. That's right, of, of the police. And she was she was asking for help from them. And then they were just like, eh, go back with him, you'll be fine. With the Petito situation, she was just the latest in a string of, you know, white girls who were victims of crime that get national attention and it just it shows such the the discrepancy between how a particular person makes the news versus another person it's like why is it that 
what had to happen the one who couldn't breathe George Floyd George Floyd yeah he gets infamous and covered because there was a recorded situation a black man versus police and more brutality like following Rodney King and other people and then that gets attention and deservedly so the way that it did but that was on a different level than Natalie Holloway who they still can't find and is obviously presumed dead and his and her supposed or alleged killer Joran Vandersloot is free because they don't have enough to press on him however he was on trial for something similar with another female who I think he was convicted of murdering you know what do you, what do you think would happen there like what are the chances that Natalie Holloway had that same fate all fall on her I think it's clearly a high chance because if he's getting convicted for doing it then you know afterwards he's definitely done it before he was yeah, clearly clear. fucking confident enough that he got away with it the first time he's like do this shit again apparently and he pushed his fucking luck he kept fucking around and he found out well I'm just saying if they're trying to say they can't prove he did it to her it shows that he has the mindset and willingness to do it which is the reason why that spotlight was put back on him and by her parents saying look what he did with her but I wanted to say something about like the George Floyd thing again it was only because it was recorded and it was recorded by a bystander who specifically was trying to tell the specific officer who was actually pressing on him to stop like you stop it he's he can't breathe you're hurting him and he was threatening her I don't he was telling her basically like to shut up because he was a cop and that he can't be told what to do which I feel like is a constant thing where it seems to be an ego problem where they feel like they're above law when all they're supposed to do is maintain it including themselves right. I'm having a brain fart but the kid with the hoodie George Zimmerman that wasn't recorded Travis? No, that, Trayvon Martin. Yeah, Trayvon that wasn't Martin, recorded, yeah. and that caught attention. It doesn't need to be recorded. He got away with that. He got away with that shit. He's hot. You know, he's had a. His name is forever. But smeared. that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying like, is that a recording isn't always needed. But the recording is what actually got the cop convicted. Like to actually have to face him. If it was just his word versus that bystander's word, there's no way. There's no way he would have gotten in trouble the way he did now. People would have been upset, of course. There would be social media talk about it and people outraged, but would it have ever ended up in a conviction? I don't think the so. Video footage always helps. I'm just going to say it's not always necessary for it to become part of the public discourse. No, it's going to be part of conversation, but yeah. it needs and for that, results. For, exa- for that example, because again, Zimmerman yeah, but, didn't yeah, get but yeah, but here's the thing: there's been other people who have been clearly caught on camera and they still escape conviction, just fired 
people with that had DNA at the scene and still got away with shit. There was a That's kid who right. supposedly masturbated over the dead body of a female that he knew that that sat there and, and wished away his advances earlier in the night. But he said all he did was jerk off on top of her, even though there were signs of a sexual assault, but nothing could find it. Nobody could find it inside because the condom was used. But his DNA was found on top, but he still got let off of that shit. Yeah, I'm just understanding that even with people capturing show and recordings, there have been police brutality situations in which it still ended up with no conviction, even though people were damn sure that, come on, it had to be like a slam dunk case. With but video no. evidence? Like I said, recorded. So it doesn't always happen in the way that people think it's going to happen. But yet, recording or Which not... Triggered, the, what the event triggered is, the advent of body cams on cops? It was definitely before... George Floyd. Yeah. Definitely before Trayvon Martin. It was, it was definitely, of course, another situation where police brutality had to kept being accounted for. Because I was going to say, whatever event that was, obviously, for them to implement that, they believe the footage would be necessary well, to then, you know, technically, separate technically, the whole the body thing was, he said, she said. The it. body cam footage was only implemented so that way the cops could be seen as the ones who, look, here's video footage. We didn't do anything wrong. So that's what the body cam footage actually has been implemented for. Let's be real. It's got nothing to do with the protection of the public. The public asked for it, but the police would only sit there and not without sitting there kicking and screaming, by the way. There were some cops who didn't want to be part of those pilot programs. What for? If you got nothing to hide, if you're a good cop, then what's the problem? But the fact of the matter is, is those body cams are there to try to protect the cop from being seen as, oh, their word against theirs. Now, obviously, in the heat of the moment, is that cop going to be paying attention to, oh, shit, say, there's like, a camera on me. I just remember that. Doing you know the shit they do. I'm just in there saying that the fact of the matter is, is that there have been other cases in which recordings, even off of body cams, don't always end up in a conviction when they when all evidence points that hey they're supposed to be convicted they're not supposed to be in this position of power so body cam footage you need more than just that you need to have literally like all your eyes dotted and t's crossed as far as a defense not a defense attorney a prosecuting attorney to get these cops and other people in positions of power to actually be convicted not just removed from a position just literally having to serve time and it seemed like these cops only turned on each other because, hey, it's like, shit, I'm going to get charged for, you know, doing something I didn't even do. My knee wasn't on his neck. It was It's his. because he was bystanding and letting it happen. Exactly. Because it doesn't matter They're if culpable. it's a cop. What's wrong is wrong. You're not supposed to let him use excessive force. You're supposed to stop him. Female cops are still, like, kind of treated differently in this boys club but i just don't understand like i as a person if i saw like someone who's supposed to be on my side doing something i'm not okay with i'd be like yo stop you know like hey that's enough i don't understand where there's such a lack of will there's, to that, say that. that that would be fine if you felt confident enough that you'd be backed up if you aren't confident it was that, just them too wasn't it i'm just saying no there was three dudes on top of them yeah, I'm just saying they're saying. I thought it was literally just the one guy on top of him, but two cops, including the guy. Yeah, there, yeah, there was two other cops that were involved. But as far as being on top of him, that part there, they might have been on other limbs, but not the damning one that was on his throat. But 
because I remember one guy being completely off their side while the main one was on him. I don't remember where a third one was, but from the footage I saw, I remember the guy just kind of standing there watching it happen. Like, hmm. Yeah, you're just being right, so it, was, it was three of them on the, the, It was three of them on top of him. And then once they got the handcuffs on him and he just stopped moving completely, two of them stood up while the homeboy who was on his neck was still laying on him. So that's probably what you remember from that about, you know, two dudes or a dude standing off to the side. Cause it was an Asian dude on the right-hand side holding down the body. Yeah, that's what I remember. And then the he gets up and once the, the dude that's on his neck, you know, is still there, he's the last one to get up. Um, and that's because homeboy stopped struggling, stopped moving all that shit. And then when they tried to lift him up, it's just limp body. He's like, come on, get up, get up. And that's like excessive force for something, wasn't it like something petty? Yeah. That they were called there for. He was selling cigarettes, I think, out front. Some shit. Just something that that wasn't even that serious. Yeah, that's no cause for that much force. I mean, and if you let him breathe, you know, you still have him pinned on the ground. You could remove your knee from his neck. There's like no real reason for that. I mean, there was three of you. You know what I mean? He wasn't going to overpower the three of you. So there was like no need for that whatsoever. But to piggyback off of what you were talking about earlier, where if a woman, a female cop in that fraternity was going to sit there and have the wherewithal and the justification to sit there and say, stop, this is wrong, we shouldn't do this. It's not as easy for her to sit there and say that if she's not confident enough to know that she has what should be other people, no matter what gender, with the same moral background as she, knowing that this is wrong, and then they would sit there and say, hey, she's right, you need to stop. But unfortunately, just like in the military, there is not that. There is literally an island of themselves. If they say something, now they're going to be ostracized by their peers. Exactly. This is right. I don't believe the military should be allowed to govern themselves. That's sketchy as fuck. But anyway. <laughs> Did y'all see the video of the um the police officer with the paddy wagon who didn't buckle down the 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 guy in the back? No. When he was driving around, the guy slid because he's handcuffed and he can only sit down on the it's a bench seat inside of a giant fucking metal box. The police officer's driving and he banks the t- corner so hard. That the guy slides across and slams his head at the top of the of the top of the truck, paralyzing him from the neck down. And then the guy, the police officer, stops the car and says, like, "Hey, what happened back there?" And the guy can barely speak because his neck is in his fucking chest and is like he's crumpled at the very front of the fucking car on the inside. And they open up, they go back in there. He's like, "All right, I'm gonna." He's like, "Oh, can you get up?" And he's like, "No, I can't move." And he goes in to try to straighten him out and like he's limp like he can't move he's absolutely positively no like when you if you watch the video you know the instant it fucking happens he is paralyzed that man's neck hit at a bad angle it is over for him he cannot move it took four officers to get in there to try to drag him out and they still put him in the chair instead of calling he has a neck injury (laughs) he has a fucking neck injury and instead of calling for ambulance they drag him out haphazardly mind you you don't move somebody with a neck yeah. injury he's just flopping and wobbling his forehead all over the place and they're just getting him in the chair and he can barely sit up because he can't hold himself up he is paralyzed it was absolutely horrendous and i feel for the man this is going into the t- 
topic at large about people having the interest in things where it's police doing car chases, felon chases on foot, uh, gunfights. I mean, there was like mass media coverage over the the guy who had, um, I think he had shot up maybe like a, a couple of former news colleagues. And I think he had like a, um, a background in the military for a short period of time. I think his name was Christopher, I can't remember his last name, but I think he died by suicide or a suicide by cop. And there was him on his pickup truck was being followed by media helicopters and, you know, police chases, just all this just grips people. And it's like, never mind, you know, all the, of course, there's lots of things like drama and whatnot that's coming around that clearly identifies with a lot of people. They want to see, you know, shit go down. Like, I remember there's one where, I think it was a few years back, there was um, a couple of cops who, well, several years back now, there was a couple of cops who, I think Fox News was covering it, and it was happening during the, one of those, um, one of those uh, particular news anchors shows, and there was a car chase that was going on, and it ended in a field where the guy knew he had nowhere to go, so he ended up turning the gun on himself and killing himself in the field, and the anchor was in there saying he could see what was about to happen. He said, turn away, turn away, turn away, but it, it still got caught on camera. And as soon as they, you know, they panned away, obviously it happened after he killed himself. Because they know they can get in trouble for that. Yes. So I don't know if that has to do with him, you know, trying to be bigger than that or more no, so no. like he, knew, he didn't he want knew, he knew to get in trouble. Because he had to answer for that uh, in the weeks following. I think it was Shepard Smith. That was, uh, it was happening during his show. He's been in the business long enough to know that he could see when something was going to happen. He knew he was going to kill himself. And so he's trying to get his crew to stop watching, stop watching, you know, pull away, pull away. And it was just a second too, it was a second too late. Well, he couldn't. He had, I mean, literally the person or the people who are going to be doing the feed that's coming from the helicopter is in the newsroom well above where he's sitting. He can't do anything about it. Yeah, so it yeah. was them that but was then, to cut it But then even then, that would be because of rating things. Like, you see, that's my point, though. It's like you wouldn't even be in that position if you weren't following the chase so damn long. But... Hey, people need to watch car chases. People have to watch shootouts. People have to do. People have to watch other people doing horrible things, or having done horrible things. Tool the quote that you said earlier. What was the quote again? Vicariously, I live while the whole world dies. Yeah. So benefiting off of other people's torture and shit like that, it all fucking like cycles back in because it's, somebody's always benefiting. The ratings sits there increases the 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 company's ability to charge more per commercial. And the charge more per commercial to the to the NBCs, the ABCs, and all that puts it takes the money and puts it into funneling into different t- TV shows, uh, increasing the 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 quality of it. And it's a fucking cycle. Another interesting depth to this whole concept of needing to watch things would be going back way way back. You know when public executions were a thing, and people would literally it was, it was like a fucking fair, and like. Not that it's a good justification, but you could almost argue that, like, without, you know, TV and movies and such, that was their main kind of sense of light. Uh, 
that was their dose of violence, their dose of drama that they needed. It tied them over to the next person that they could accuse as a witch. They yes. needed that. They needed it. That's why they went through the drama. Ah, burn her. Burn him. Put There's more kids, stones. Kids would accuse, you know, people being witches and being associated with witchcraft because that was like funny. It was like a game to them. And well, then, if you're not. talking about that group of girls from way back when, there's a theory that there's a, um, a bacteria that comes from rye staying out for too long inside of mold that can grow. And if you bake that and you eat it, it can sit there and provide hallucinations, a type of itching on the body, as well as a bunch of other symptoms that those girls claim to have. But it's only a temporary thing. You'd only get it for a couple of days. And then well, you'd be able to work it out of your system. So if that was a thing, that would clearly could have been an option and a thing back then for rye. I mean, like, the, the fucking mold is how Kellogg's cornflakes got fucking created. So, like, of course it can happen. And that being an option opens up a whole new venue of those girls might not have been, we want to start some shit, let's go poke fun at the, the, the bitch we don't like. You know, of course, there's something like that which would be more rooted in actual like cause and effect. But I mean, like the idea that even some people propose that some of the witch accusations were made by men who didn't like women in the field of medicine. Oh, absolutely. When only men were supposed to be doctors at the time, so it's lots of like you just could say it and it would get someone damned. Right. You just saved my my cut without me getting an infection. You're a witch. That goes back to what you were just saying moments ago with there being a, a rational explanation, which, yeah, I heard about that one. There's a rational explanation as to them possibly having been exposed to mold and these feelings that they weren't used to and associating it with what was easiest to say in the day because at that time they would not have been aware of these types of situations and developments in the food that they were always reaping every new harvest year and whatnot so right. yeah they could totally not understand what was going on and then automatically attribute it to devilry and witchcraft a lot of treatments maybe not from the exact same era because i don't know exactly when but the fact that bloodletting used to be a common like medical treatment and that sounds if you're going to say anything sounds like witchy or like a ritual bloodletting <laughs> that sounds a little weird but that was an accepted form of medicine so, yeah, you've had your period. You've had your period for two days longer than normal. We're gonna have to cut yours and split you open for a little bit. Just sit here and drain here into this bucket, and we're let all the bad blood out. Yeah. <laughs> Good or luck like, walking home. Try not to faint yeah. on your way there. Or literally giving people poison. Be like, yeah, this will make you feel better. She's like, you're having nightmares here. Let's put these leeches right by your brain. We're gonna do yeah. this right here on the corners. It's just so funny that of all the like bizarre treatments that they had a woman who knows how herbs work and their effects could be oh, she's a evil. witch she's a witch yeah if she was bloodletting it'd be witchcraft but a male doctor who's trusted by his town bloodlets oh there's no question about that right you have to go to a school to be a proper man of medicine as they say taught at schools arsenic is good for you right <laughs> Or when Coke actually had cocaine in it. Did you know that way back when, like when they used to lock people up for fainting spells, her being emotional was hit her um, having hysteria. They'd give her masturbatory aids 
and that would be how yeah. to relieve those. Like there was a wand device yeah. that looked like the the pear that they'd put in the mouth, but they'd put it up their vagina. It was attached to an electrode that they'd lightly wind up. Also the fact that in that same vein, they thought like lobotomy and electrotherapy would help you. I don't know. I'd rather have a bottom in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's take out parts of your brain. Well, they did that because it made them, they found when they did that, it made, just made them more docile. Probably <laughs> still had whatever was wrong with you inside of your brain still going on. You just weren't able to vocalize what the problem is. You were just a mobile, wonk, wonky zombie. I think that's what Dom was looking for. I think he just wanted company that would last a little longer than the previous one. Yeah, he wasn't, you know, studious in that regard, obviously. He just tried to do whatever it was that would work for him. There was sometimes when I watched that shit and I was just like, oh my god, you're so inept. Why would you do this like that? Why would you keep your mattress that fucked up? Why would you invite people over with that smelly house? Why, like so many things like he should be doing better for somebody doing so shady as shit so many cases of that where clearly these people committing these crimes ted bunny wasn't a genius he was completely fucking average and people just let him get away with stuff because of his skin color and how he carried himself mm -hmm. uh, he was a college going clean cut looking white boy he was already yes, he could never do anything horrible he was already a person of interest in one of the missing women's cases and they still let him go to then continue on. Wasn't he the one that escaped out a courtroom window once? Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> Which is even so crazier. Did that happen later on or early on? Because if it happened later, later on, on, then on, makes, later on. Yeah, so later on makes more sense. But That's I'm just after saying, he's already like, been winning the facade. Well, he got out of court well, I'm saying, in the window. What well, I'm saying to you is is that other people have done that too. And that if he did that early on and wasn't punished for it, that would be something. But him doing it later, most likely after the facade had been shattered, then, you know, that's not as surprising to me. It just still shows inadequacy, period, on the... It shows a stereotype in the racism of cops because the only cops that he probably ever came across were other white people. And him carrying himself the way he did and being calm while talking to them, not trying to act suspicious, whether that was his MO or what. It worked for him. Uh, he was benefiting from the absurdity of the public servants he was around. For the fact that that's happened in multiple cases that have resulted in unnecessary death, that's all like blood on the hands of the authorities. I mean, it's always blood on the hands of authorities, even when, you know, women come up to them saying, hey, the person I have a restraining order against is violating it. Oh, there's nothing we can do unless they actually try to do something. Oh, well, if they try to do something, it'd be too late then, wouldn't it? Right. So many instances of just the system failing people. There was a video of a police officer showing a guy how to kick into his, the, his girlfriend's door because he has property inside of the, the, the door and she changed the lock. He said that he lived there, but he didn't talk to her at all. She's been living there, or he's been kicked out, and he wasn't allowed to be in the premises, whether or not there's a history of abuse. He's just talking to the police officer outside. And he's like, well, if you live there and she changed the lock, she's the one that's, you know, committing the, the against the law right now. And I'm like, no, she's not. And he's, he's sitting there demonstrating him how to kick the fucking door and where to kick it to get it open. 
first off, I feel like that's not information a cop should be giving to anyone, period. Pack. But, um, it's a fact. Did he not think that perhaps she changed the locks for a reason? Even if it was like a night argument, I feel like you'd uh, hear what happened. To have an argument in the level where it's changing locks, you still gotta know what the information is going on so you can decide whether or not it's petty or not. And even then, her kicking him, keeping him away from her stuff is a civil matter. Police has no right to say anything about it. What they have to do is, hey, you gotta take it up with court to get your stuff back. Yeah, he would have to like sue. Right, he would have to be like, listen, she has my stuff, I need to get it. it's important stuff, I need to get it. He has to go there for that. And the police are ordered by the court to escort him there to make sure he gets his stuff. Like, and that's how that shit go. That's how shit, that shit's supposed to go. He doesn't, he isn't judged during an execution and be like, hey, just break that shit open and get your shit. No, you're compromising the safety of the front fucking door. And she had got kids in there, clearly he don't care enough, that don't make no damn sense. There's no consideration for people's lives anymore. How am I supposed to take seriously the life of somebody who doesn't take serious my life seriously? Is more afraid for his life than he is. And the job that he chose, it just makes no fucking sense to me. It really doesn't. I mean, especially talking about, like, them being more concerned about their own selves, even though the job you chose is supposed to be a selfless thing. I mean, there was, unfortunately, that other shooting that happened at a school because the officers didn't go in for, like, how long was it? For over 45 minutes. They thought yeah. that they complained that the front doors might be locked, but never tried it. There were officers there with vests on, but nobody decided to go in. There was a mother who fought with police to try to get in, and then they had her in handcuffs. She convinced them to let her go, and she sprint past those motherfuckers to get to the side of the school into the classroom where her kids were and was able to get her kids out, maybe one or two other kids with her. I think it was just her kids, though. But it was an active shooter. They're the one with the guns, and the mom just went in there ham and I'm getting my fucking kids. Fuck you. Like, if she was willing to risk herself, they can't really say shit about it. It just made them look like they were totally twiddling their thumbs and being inactive. Took no action to try to save, you know, as many lives as they could or try to neutralize the situation. It makes them look bad all around. They were more worried about making sure no parents got through to try to get their kids. Which I feel like at that point is one lone shooter with a whole bunch of really angry ass gangster ass parents. I feel like in that situation, the the parents would have done better than the police officers did. How do you? I know it's the whole boys club mentality or being part of the fraternity. I'm not gonna just stand there and wait to be told to go in. Like no, I know there's people at risk. This is the job I signed up for. I'm going to try to actually serve and protect. You know. Not for nothing, I know personally I would never choose a position that would be, have those types of crazy-ass requirements, but I know for a fact as one of the parents, I would have been Mom Dukes that ran in and got the kid. And I'm like, yo, you really can't tell me. Like, this bitch is when I got it, I'm going to. Like, no, <laughs> this bitch has got her kids, I'm getting, I'm getting mine. You motherfuckers ain't doing shit. That wraps it up for this week's episode. Tune in in a couple of weeks when we come back episode after the Thanksgiving break. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. And if you like the show, please follow us on your preferred platform. You can leave us questions and comments or shoot us an email at fandomsculturemurder at gmail.com. Until next time, it's been Spade. Feline. And Al. Later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Farewell.